0: Welcome back to the Esoterica Pod. I'm Erica. Hey, how are you? I hope you're well or doing as well as can be expected for 2020. This is a trigger warning for my listeners. Um, Today's podcast is going to be about house fires. So fire survivors, I want you to please take care of yourselves. If this is too intense for you, you can come back for the next episode. The trauma is real. I am validating it, I understand it, and I am sending you big, huge, overflowing buckets of love. You've already survived hell on earth, you do not need to trauma bond with me. But, if you want to trauma bond with me, I hold a special place close, very close to my heart for you. The choice is yours, please make the best one for you. And, let's get on with the pod. Welcome back to the Esoterica Pod. I'm Erica. Hey, how are you? I hope you're well. We're doing as well as can be expected in 2020, because this is a cascading dumpster fire, am I right? (laughs) That was a well-placed and much-intended segue for today's topic, house fires, specifically midnight house fires and how to survive them. I'm going to share with you some house fire facts and statistics Then I'm going to give you my Twitter survival thread. And finally, you'll get to hear my personal story of running through fire to save my own life. If I'm feeling up to it at the end, I'll share my PTSD journey. It may end up being its own pod. We'll see. Mercury's retrograde in Scorpio, my rising sign, which is cringing and whispering, saying, hey, girl. We'll see. So some facts and figures. In a Realtor.com article from December 6, 2016, it says that the odds of having a house fire that will injure you or someone that you share a home with are 1 in 10, and that's a little too close to home in the statistics world for me. This article went on to say that house fire season comes during the winter months of December, January, and February. And that, according to the National Fire Protection Association, nearly a third of all total loss house fires occur during those cold months. According to FEMA data collected from from two thousand nine to twenty eighteen, it says that fire deaths are up twenty percent, and that money loss is up ninety, literally ninety percent since two thousand nine. I can attest to that. Um, additionally, and in some better sounding news. The numbers of fires have decreased 2.9%, so almost 3%, and the injuries are down in comparison to 2009 as well. The reported data concludes that in 2018, there were an estimated 2,000 residential fire deaths and around 7,500 fires that caused injury. And while researching for this portion of the podcast I came across a 1998 study that was based on North Carolina house fires that indicated that using that using a functioning smoke alarm with regularly replaced batteries was a main factor in survivability of a nocturnal house fire which all is very um seems like it's uh a no-brainer but you would be surprised um and yeah the the smoke detector thing we'll get to during my story. That's why I added it. Now, a footnote before I dive off into this Twitter thread. Um, also, it's an, it's an address, I guess, or an acknowledgement to the way that I do this. Um, my house fire occurred in October of 2014. I just celebrated my six-year survival mark. Um, I was attending Bossier Parish Community College. Go Cavs. I was on the debate team, and I was enjoying a lot of debate and public speaking success in the International Public Debate Association debate um, style, because there's many different types of debate. You will see that um, that sort of debate training in my delivery and the style that I present the information in, you'll also... uh, Need to know that I researched the topics covered here obsessively. Again, leaning heavily into that Scorpio rising thing. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is take a quick break. I'm going to pull up my Twitter thread and I will be right back. Hang on, y'all. All right. So I decided to make a survival thread on Twitter back in June of 2020 because of some astrology transits that were going to be upcoming later on this year, we are in those transits now. Um, I felt it was pretty symbolic and could be of help of somebody out there in the Twitter world. I'm sharing that here now also in that same hope with that same intention. Uh, some of you are out there saying, hey, Erica, what's that transit? What's that astrology transit you were concerning about or concerned about? Well, it's Mars retrograde in Aries, but I digress. So I'm going to read it pretty much verbatim for how I put it out there on the interwebs. (laughs) House fire survival tips 101. I lived it so you don't have to. Tip number one, always insure your ass. I didn't have a renter's insurance policy and we lost everything due to either fire loss, smoke, or water damage. The smell doesn't wash out and it never leaves your memory bank. And then I put a gif of the, my she shed is on fire. Yeah. Tip number two, check your fire and carbon monoxide detectors every month. Write it on your, on your calendar and do not skip it. Dollar Tree sells the right size battery for a buck. There are no excuses. Tip number three, try to have a fire extinguisher in your house. Even a small one is better than nothing. One could make all the difference between a room loss or a total loss. Tip number four. At this point, you've done all you can do to prevent or reduce your material losses. Pay the insurance and keep it current. Think of it as as important as your light bill. You can usually tack it onto a car insurance bill for less than $20 a month, and it's imperative to keep it, especially if you're a renter. And I was. Tip number five, close every door in your house before you go to sleep at night. The fire I survived started after midnight, and it was my neighbor's fault. A fucking cigarette and wind was all that it took. My doors were shut that night, and it's a big part of the reason as to why I'm still here. (sighs) That still hurts to read. (laughs) Tip number six. When you wake to your alarm sounding, try not to panic. It's hard, and I did panic. Now, my alarms failed. I panicked because my neighbors were beating on my door and on my the, the part of my house that wasn't on fire. <laughs> I panicked. My alarms failed and my neighbors were beating on my door. Feel the doorknob of every door before you open it. If it's hot, You need to expect that flames are on the other side. You need to protect yourself. You need to protect yourself with anything thick you have in your room. I used a big comforter. It did end up catching on fire, but I was never touched by the flames because of it. Think of... A Christmas story, and how the mom was wrapping up the little brother in all of the winter gear that they could have, and he couldn't move. His arms were out and his legs were out, and he was just kind of running like a starfish. Yeah, think that. No, don't put on all your clothes. Yes, you'll want to have some clothes on. Before you open the door, understand that you might not be able to escape that way. Are there windows in your room? Can you jump to safety? It's time to wrap up in a big blanket or comforter. This will be what shields you from the fire. So make sure that it's thick thick and all the way around you. Full disclosure, I'm trembling while reading this because it's still a trigger for me, but it's important for me to get this out to y'all because I know that it can be um, the difference between life and death for somebody out there. So... Back to the Twitter thread. Back to the idea of possibly jumping out of a window if you need to. Do you need a sheet to rappel down or are you going to have to run through it? I had to run. The windows in my house were plexiglass and I didn't know it because I was renting it. Seriously, your instincts will say it's time to get the fuck out right now. But you got to make smart choices in a fire. Time is short and oxygen does run out. You're wrapped up. Escape plan is ready before you open the first door and this is why fire drills are super important. Muscle memory helps when you're in shock and I promise you will be in shock. Tip number seven, if you have to go through it, stay as low to the ground as possible while dodging anything on fire if you can. If you can't, your main objective is to survive. And get out however you can. And don't look back. This means you do not go inside for anything or anyone under any circumstances whatsoever. Side note. I'm great at giving advice, but never at taking it. I'm sure you would have guessed by now I ran back in. I'm stupid. Don't be like me. Two Louisiana fire marshals looked me in my eyes that day and told me it's a million wonders I survived. Backdraft should and would have killed me if my doors were not open or if my doors were not shut. If my doors were open, Backdraft would have fried me. Once, okay, tip number eight. Once first responders arrive, if you've inhaled any smoke, ask to be seen. Do not minimize the damage smoke can do to your lungs. The toxic amount of things burning up at once can unleash hell in your breathing passages. Advocate for your health and well-being. I did not. I was in complete shock. Tip number nine, utilize whatever is offered to you. A GoFundMe was set up for me by my debate team coach, Bob Alexander. Um, Get your hands on the fire report as soon as possible and try to get help from the Red Cross. Now, here's a caveat. I did not have much help from from the Red Cross. There was a lot of red tape and the fire report was trying to get my hands on it was like pulling teeth. And Mercury was retrograde in Scorpio at the time. We'll get to that. Free things go far when you've lost everything in a fire, so take what's given to you and be grateful. A bonus tip for trauma victims, pre-fire trauma victims. If you've had a traumatic experience prior to the fire, surviving a house fire can unleash that traumatic response again. It did for me. It might not for you, but if I knew what I, if I knew then what I know now, that was honestly the biggest tip I needed to know know to survive. Another tip, especially for people who live in wildfire prone areas, keeping documents safe is imperative. There are just some things that you need to restart over Um, birth certificates any sort of legal papers, that sort of stuff um, is always better to have a copy of than trying to get a copy of. So I recommend people having an extra copy of each of those documents, putting it in a Ziploc bag and putting it in your freezer. Because the fire will char the outside of that refrigerator or freezer, but it won't get to the inside. You will have to retrieve your plastic baggie soon. You don't want the spoiled food to get to it, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a good way to keep your documents safe if you are prone to wildfires or ever think or curious or now paranoid because it might could happen because of the 1 in 10 statistic I shared with you earlier. These are all the tips that I have for you. If you ever fall into the unlucky brother or sisterhood of fire survivors, my house fire was October 10th, 2014. I was traumatized deeply, and I'm still trying to find my way back to a sense of some normalcy. I was also a CSA's trauma survivor before the fire. So yeah, that's the Twitter threat on survival. Basically to protect yourself, and do everything you can to get out as unscathed as possible. Um, The debate nerd in me would argue the term, the terminology used in some of the statistics because injury implies physical injury. It doesn't necessarily include neurological injury and um, it can be significant. I know because the fire happened in 2014 and when there was a fire in London, the Grenfell Tower, it was it was like reliving the fire, knowing that people died in their homes like that and how close I came to it. Um, it messed me up so badly, I drug my mattress from the second story of the house we were renting and left it on the first floor in the middle of my living room. I'd prop it up against the wall and pull it down at night because I got tired of sleeping on the couch. Because I felt like sleep was the enemy. And when sleep is the enemy, it's, it's hard to survive. I entered therapy in May of 2017, and I'm doing much better now. I just think I'll always kind of be triggered by it, and it's not a bad thing. It's just something I'm aware of, and I'd rather be triggered in telling you about it so it helps you or someone you love than me just sit on this wealth of information, and you have to learn it on your own. I'm going to take a few minutes to ground myself. I think you can hear my voice shaking a little bit, but I made it through that without crying, and I want to get through my story without crying. Fingers crossed, y'all. I'll see you on the other side. And I'm back. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it took me a little longer than I anticipated, but it's all right. Y'all don't know any better thanks to the power of editing. This is my survival story. And it is, um, it starts out like most human beings probably top 10 fears of all time so the fire started early morning right after midnight on october 10th so you could call it between october 9th and october 10th 2014 and it was interesting because i had been spending a lot of time with one of my dear friends um I mentioned her in the previous episode. Uh, This is the daughter of Angie. And she kept saying, Angie was still alive at this point too, by the way. Um, This friend was like, why don't you just spend the night? You know, you've got class in the morning. It's not that big a deal. It's closer for you to stay here and go to school tomorrow than it is for you to go to your home and then go to school. And, um... I had recently moved into this place. I was, it had just been about a year of me and my then boyfriend, now husband, living in this place. It was on the lake. It was beautiful. Um, I loved it. And I declined her offer to spend the night. I wanted to go to my house so I could do my homework and prepare for uh, the debate and stuff, debate stuff that I had to do. Debate was my life, or that and my kids. Um boyfriend was a truck driver working in Texas at the time. so I'm at home by myself and I've checked all of my fire alarms regularly, so they were supposed to work and they didn't um and I had this weird thing about always shutting the doors. I, I always have I don't know why, but... I understand now more why that was probably so insistent upon me. But I'm shutting the doors and I'm getting ready to go to sleep. And there was no central air or heat in this place. On the lake, there were window units. And the window unit in this place was old. So it was very loud. It was good to sleep in, but not good when there's a fire because you can't hear anything. (laughs) So I go to sleep. I fall asleep. Pretty much look like a graduate student, I would assume. Laptop on the bed, all of my papers surrounding me. And uh I went to sleep. And I woke up to feverish knocking on my door. And I lived really close to like a bar. And there was a pool tournament that was going on that night. And I was like, I'm not playing this game. Uh also kind of ties into some of my previous trauma. I don't like um, unannounced or uh, unanticipated visitors. It's just not something I'm a big fan of. I would prefer knowing anger coming, that's all. And it's in the middle of the night. I was there by myself. I felt very vulnerable, and I was like, you know what? I'm not answering this. There was no reason that I needed to. Um, The neighbor where the fire originated, there was a lot of drama that was going on in that house, and I also didn't want to be involved with it. I had my own life and my own things I was trying to do, and what was going on on the outside of that house had nothing to do with what I was trying to do on the inside of the house, and the knocking became more feverish, and I rolled over thinking that I was getting really pissed off, and I was determined to go back to sleep, and I started to doze off and i heard a crash they had picked up a big economy size pickle jar that was on my like on my patio and it was there because a week before the fire i had a water heater burst that nobody knew was in that spot and and where it was at and it hadn't been turned off or tapped or anything so it like kind of exploded there was hot water everywhere it was really weird So they they had just redone the kitchen and living room and the cabinets. It was beautiful. And uh, so a lot of the stuff that was in the kitchen was on the front porch because I'm a college student. I'm there by myself. So I'm doing what I can when I've got the time to do it. And somebody picked up that pickle jar and threw it against the doors. And now it's like, all right, what in the fuck is going on? So. I'm laying there in bed, and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to get up or not, and my left ear is on the pillow. My right ear is exposed, and I hear loudly, wake up, Erica, wake up, and I'm like, all right, this is fucking weird, so I get up. Um, it's Louisiana, it's October, it's hot. I've already mentioned there's no central air or heat. I'm using a window unit. So I'm in like a tank top and my underwear, not exactly what I want to answer the door in. So I wrap up in a blanket and I open the front door and this front door is the only way in and the only way out. And it was a set of French doors where only one of the doors opened; The other one was stationary. And I'm not aware of it being on fire anywhere. I'm not, the lights are out. I'm not aware of anything that's going on until the door opens and I'm grabbed by my neighbors who have been trying feverishly to wake me up. They thought I was gone. Um... They pulled me out, and once I realized what was going on and that I was naked, and that my house was on fire, and that my car was about to be in flames, I ran back inside. I I pulled away from them with a strength that they didn't know that I had, and I got back inside and um, tripped over things because, again, it was just remodeled, so things weren't put back up properly. I grabbed my keys. And I grabbed um, a tablet, a uh, means of communication. I didn't go on the other side of my bed to get a laptop or my phone or anything like that. I grabbed some pants and I grabbed my car keys and I was out. I was so panicked that I just had my pants slung over my shoulder. And... Um, I was fighting to get into my vehicle because the alarm, the remote alarm had stopped working for some reason. I'm gonna say Mercury retrograde in Scorpio now that I know what was happening back then, but I didn't know then that was what was going on. And Mercury retrograde is a huge theme throughout this story and I'll tell you why in a couple of minutes. Um, so I'm at the car, I'm in my t-shirt, and my underwear, pants over my shoulder, and I'm trying to get in my car and I can't for the life of me get him turn this key to get it to work to unlock my car. I can't do it and I don't know what the problem is. I eventually get it and I park over next to the bar, pull my pants on in the vehicle and just commenced a bawling, losing my mind. I lost a lot of time. Um in the aftermath of that because of the shock and the trauma. Um, The fire departments were not um, what anybody would want it to be (laughs) if it was their house on fire. Again, Mercury retrograde stuff. the individual who saw that there was a house fire called 911 and told me after that he tried three times and was basically hung up on or told to call the next parish over their fire and 911 three times. And the first fire truck that showed up showed up with no water in the tank because we lived on the lake. Well, the lake was drawn back because there was some salvinia that had been growing in the lake because of irresponsible boaters who weren't washing their boats after their boat had gone through salvinia, it's a very invasive weed and it will destroy water ecosystems and it was doing that and one of the ways to combat it is to draw the lake back so the lake was drawn back but the little volunteer fire department that showed up didn't know that the lake had been drawn back. More Mercury retrograde in Scorpio stuff. It's interesting that I'm recording this while Mercury's in retrograde in Scorpio now. Um, it's a very Mercury retrograde. Anyways, so the first volunteer depart- department sh- fire department shows up. And they don't have any water. So we basically just sit there and watch the bonfire happen. Well, while the bonfire is occurring, it's fully involved on the backside of the house that I used to live in. And my now husband, then boyfriend, um, had an impressive amount of bullets stored because we live in sportsman's paradise. And he liked um, practicing shooting and hunting and all the things that boys do and uh those bullets started going off so then it felt like it was a war zone the bigger fire department finally shows up and puts it out and there's ambulances there but i'm not ever seen or asked if i'm okay I think I hurt my ankle. I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't have health insurance. Um, I was a broke college student. I went full-time, and I was the debate team captain. So when I wasn't doing schoolwork, I was doing debate stuff. And my now husband made enough for us to to live. So I was trying to get my education and do the things that I was doing. The house fire was caused by a cigarette that had not been put out properly, and the wind was blowing in my direction. Luckily, I was on the farthest side of the house, but the windows in the room that I was in were plexiglass. I wouldn't have been able to break them to get out. The only white space in the room where my bed was, was where my pillow was at. And like I said in the Twitter thread, later on that day, I met with the fire marshals who were interviewing me and asking me about my neighbor and I didn't know much about her. I just said that she was unstable and that um it made a lot of sense that, that that it would be something as chaotic as this. It was a total loss for us. We had no insurance. We didn't think we would need insurance. We felt like we were responsible and uh, have since learned from our mistake. It took me three years after the fire to get to therapy. And it was a really dark period in those three years. And a lot of the information that I talk about and will talk about on this podcast comes from that dark night of the soul period. A lot of hard-earned lessons that I would like to share with y'all. One of them being my profound engagement with the sky language of astrology. I came to learn astrology very quickly after the fire. Um, And the symbology of that night and the transits are remarkable. That's why I kept reemphasizing the Mercury retrograde stuff because it was on a... The night that it occurred, Mercury was at zero degrees Scorpio retrograde, which is the very breaking point between the 12th house and the first house. If you're using a whole sign um, chart, the moon had just moved into Taurus, which is my moon sign and Saturn and Ceres were playing around in the sign of Scorpio all of the astrology pointed to a systems check and that alone is big but the biggest part and what led me to astrology astrology was understanding how to research and running across an article that said that there was a full total blood moon lunar eclipse on october 8th of 2014. I came to learn in years later that that eclipse occurred in a very sensitive part of my chart. That is, my sun in Aries opposite Pluto in Libra. And uh, it was a nodal return, a nodal reverse. And it flipped my world upside down to the people who knew me in 2014. I'm a completely different person now. And I used to be very tormented by the idea of feeling like Erica in 2014 died in the fire. Because I just I turned into a different person. Trauma does that to people. Um, I think that's where I'm going to put this bow tie right here. And I will reemphasize with check your batteries in your fire alarms, test them and make sure that they work. Don't just put the battery in, hit the test button, do it monthly. And always, always, always sleep with every door shut in your house. Fire needs oxygen to breathe, to survive, to keep going. You cut that off by shutting the doors. You make it go slower by shutting the doors. So please, check your batteries, check your alarms, and shut your doors. Hard-earned information. But it could save your life. Sending you a lot of love. Hey, it's Erica again. I wanted to invite you to come check out my videos on YouTube at Sweet Tea Astrology and Tarot. I do general readings and they are based on your rising sign. And I also pull some um, tarot cards there. So if you're interested, I'd love to see you there. That's Sweet Tea Astrology and Tarot. Bye, y'all.